Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Joel Saves Big. If you do want to be a guest on my show, feel free to DM me at Joel Saves Big on Instagram. Hope you enjoy. Thank you all for joining today's episode of Joel Saves Big. Today I have Georgie from Financialism who has courses, raps, and also has great content on Instagram. You could find him at Financialism. I'll link it in the show notes. Georgie, would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? I mean, you pretty much summed it up. Yeah, I make uh, courses for investing. I make daily posts on Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube, uh, mostly Instagram, though. Uh, and I love to rap about personal finance. I promise you it's not cringy. I promise you when you listen to those raps, you're going to be like, this is fire. How is he not blown up yet? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But yeah, personal finance is a big passion of mine. I was never too much into money. But once I realized how little work it takes to become fluent, like just a little bit a day really adds up. I've been at it for six years now. So that's six years of adding up just a little bit every day. So that that's kind of financialism in a nutshell. Yeah, for sure. Georgie, how did you get started? Um, I, know, I know you have a, a big following now, um, but what was that starting point in terms of your Instagram page? Yeah, um, I used to post on my rap page where I, I would just post personal finance and like people were into it and other people were like, bro, what? Do, why are you always talking about like finance? I'm like, what rapper doesn't talk about money? First, That's of all. a good point. Yeah. Um, except now it's like stocks, right? Not just like spending, right? So I'm, I'm more like, let, let's buy assets. Let's grow wealth. Let's collect dividends. Let, let's go into crypto. Let's stake um, even Pokemon cards. But I, I made a poll one day and I was like, who would like a separate space for just finance? And a bunch of people voted like, Let, let's do it. And at that point, uh, I realized, you know what, it doesn't even matter. Like if I'm asking the question, that means I'm thinking about it. And if I'm thinking about it, there's a desire to do it. So I went ahead and made this financialism page and I made sure that a lot of my friends were following in the beginning because that's who it was for. So I would repost myself on like two other Instagram accounts just so all of my friends would see. I would repost everything on my personal Facebook I just wanted all of my friends to know, yo, first of all, you don't need six figures to have a six figure portfolio because I never made a hundred K at any one nine to five job, but yet my portfolio is well over 100 K. Hopefully it'll stay there. Uh, market markets do swing. Um, <laughs> but that was my whole point. I'm like, look, I'm just like you. I'm just like you. All I did was take a few extra hours out of maybe a six month period and learn what personal finance is all about. Okay. It was more than a few hours. I lied. I got obsessed with it, but really all it takes is a few hours to really get to the point where you're comfortable enough to just invest passively. I went hardcore into podcasts and everything. So I kept hearing everyone talking about it. And I realized I didn't have anyone to talk to about personal finance. And that's where level two of my Instagram page kicked in. I started reaching out to other people who are passionate about it. And all of a sudden, I found myself in the middle of a really, really friendly, great community that talks about money, real estate, crypto, investing all day long and doesn't get tired of it. So I found my people. <laughs> Same. I, I would say I found my people as well. And I think you've kind of put it in my head that I need to start sharing on my personal Facebook, my personal Instagram and my, and my photography account on Instagram. Um, I'll, I'll take that as an action item for myself, I will say. 
No doubt about it. It goes a long way, especially when someone um, who's not looking for it keeps stumbling onto it. That's where like my favorite moment is when a friend from middle school reaches out and they're like, yo, I hear you've been talking about stocks. Just the other day, someone who I used to play RuneScape, which is a online game like years ago, has me on Facebook and he's like, hey, I see you always posting about stocks. Can you give me some tips? And boom, not only did that reignite the friendship and the bond, he listened to all my raps and then he started investing. So. Wow. That's what it's all about. Yep. I think that's so crazy. Um, something that you preach about on all of your lives. And for those who haven't tuned in, I would definitely recommend to follow again, financialism. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, you always preach and not just preach you show, um, which is so different than a lot of people that I've, that I follow in the personal finance community of how easy it is to just start. Um, a lot of reels that you've created is like, it only takes like I've, I've timed it down to the second. It takes two minutes and 32 seconds. The next <laughs> week, it takes a minute and 45. You open it with this account. Just click the link in my bio. If you need help, <laughs> DM me. Um, you make it so simple. And, and, and something that I have learned from you, um, I will say, is that you don't need even $100 to start, right? Mm -hmm. What is the, the biggest feedback that you can give to someone, again, telling me, not, not to the people, because not advice, but you're just, I'm just, yeah. I'm hearing your story out. With I don't have more than fifty dollars to spare in a in a in a in a in a paycheck. What what should I do with that fifty dollars in terms of investing? I would say the first thing to do is triple it by opening a Fidelity account at the time of this recording, November 2nd, 2021. If you make a retirement account with Fidelity and deposit at least $50, you don't even have to invest it. Just deposit it into a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. As long as you don't already have a Fidelity account, actually, you might even have a Fidelity account and they'll still pay you. They will give you a $100 bonus. For, for, for nothing, for just putting 50 bucks in. So if you have exactly $50, I would go to Fidelity right there, triple your money in about three to four minutes. Easy, easy money right there. Now, if you don't have $50 and say uh, you have $0, I would go ahead and make a Robinhood account and I would go ahead and make a Weeble account, link in bio, and you would get uh, a couple free stocks doing that just, just, just because you signed up. So there's a lot of free opportunities, but um, as soon as you have 50 to hundred dollars, like those opportunities start rolling in. SoFi pays you 25 bucks. M1 finance pays you 30 bucks. And at the, when you're finally done with it, if you do all of them, you'll be looking at like a couple hundred dollars that you got for not even investing, but just making investing accounts. I see. Um, something that you have been more big on that I've seen in terms of like the personal finance community is alternate forms of investing, right? So everyone preaches about index funds. Um, now, now crypto has, has been slowly been a craze, um, but you have other forms of investing with like you, I know you recently started, started talking more about NFTs. Um, yeah. you, you touched on Pokemon cards. How did yeah. you get into that? And what can you elaborate on in, in terms of that space? It, it all started in 2001. Yeah, maybe maybe 2000, actually. That's when I got my first uh, Pokemon cards. And ever since that day, I was hooked. Like, it's been, I don't know how many Earth cycles around uh, the sun, but it's been quite a few, uh, at least from a perspective of a person on Earth. And uh, I'm 
I'm really excited that you're asking this because so many people like they will put their money into the next like meme coin, like Shiba or so. And and by the way, I did put $300 into Shiba. Like <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Right. Um, but I made sure that that $300, I, I was willing to see it go to zero. I wasn't willing to see $400 go to zero, but 300, that was my threshold. And I literally found $300 on my Weeble account from all the referral bonuses. And I was like, yo, I'm going to just YOLO this money because I forgot that it was there. There, so I'm comfortable with it going to zero. So I just threw it in Shiba. But when it comes to Pokemon cards, right, a lot of people, they will put money not understanding how crypto works. And I don't fully understand how crypto works into cryptocurrency. But for some reason, when it comes to a physical cardboard, you know, card that you can hold, people start to be like, well, I don't know if that's financially savvy of me, but I'm like, okay, in 2017, a first edition Charizard that was Condition 10 out of 10 was selling for $17,000 on eBay. Today, that card is selling for an average of $300,000 on eBay. Whoa. So I'm like, these things do go up over time. Now, not everything's going to go up linearly. Actually, nothing will go up linearly. Not the stock market, not real estate, not cryptocurrency, and not Pokemon cards. There are corrections, there are crashes, there are dips with the stock market usually you should be comfortable seeing a third to a half of your money uh, go down in value. When it comes to Pokemon cards and crypto, I would say you need to be comfortable from 50% to 90% of the value being corrected for and then healing back up. Now, not every card will heal back up, but for the most part, you do see if there's a, if the condition is good, if it's a popular card and if it's scarce, typically value will hold over the years. Uh, so that's kind of like the pillars of Pokemon collecting. Like once again, for anyone trying to get into it, it's not just for Pokemon. You could use this for any type of uh, like collectible from Star Trek figurines to Legos. What is the condition of the box? How scarce is it? And how popular is the brand? Maybe it's Harry Potter Legos. How how intrigued are people with Sorcerer's Stone versus um, Goblet of Fire, right? Probably Sorcerer's Stone will will do a lot better than Goblet of Fire. Uh, so those are kind of the main points when it comes to collecting alternatives. And the rewards are huge. Like I talked about Charizard, but there have been so many other cards that skyrocketed. We have had million dollar Pokemon cards, like literally sell. So this is, in my opinion, just the beginning because People who played Pokemon back in 2000 and 2001, they were between maybe eight years old to 20 years old. Now we have the first 40-year-olds of that generation. Imagine when a majority of those people are in their 40s and they have hundreds of thousands of dollars perhaps or way more purchasing power. I expect those cards and that memorabilia to skyrocket in a few decades. But that's just me, not financial advice. Yep, for sure. Yeah, and that's, and that's something that I love to hear is like, people's perspectives and and that's something that i would say i would say personally and i'm not i'm not big on instagram or anything but that's that's your niche um like i i go to your your lives your 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 live streams that you do have so frequently um such fr just throwing it out there for, for everyone listening such free content um not advice it's just stuff that georgie's telling you that you can take as you would like and please yeah, usually I just share like what I'm doing like that way like it's like hey you could copy and, and usually I've already done my own risk assessment and I'm like look I'm comfortable with this going to zero and I invested in it because of x y and z for sure 
Uh, while doing all these, as we would call crazy from what the majority of Americans would consider normal, have you ever received any sort of pushback from friends or, or family thinking that like, hey, you're, you're crazy here? Um, I, I usually take it as a compliment. Like I use my mom's reactions as a radar. When she thinks that I'm doing something crazy, then I know it's a good investment <laughs> because uh, for, for her generation, like it was a little different. And I'm not saying she's not investing. She's actually doing very well, but she is a lot more timid. She's more re reactive to the news. Uh, when COVID happened, she was like, look, I'm just going to stop investing while this dies down. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep going. She's like, you're crazy for this. You're crazy for this. And, and then when Joe Biden got elected, she was like, I don't know. I don't know. Like that stuff with Ukraine and his son. I, I don't know. Things could break out. And um, a lot, she was like, a lot of uh, Republicans are really upset right now. What if there's a civil war, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep investing. Right. Even if there is some sort of like terrible catastrophe, uh, companies are going to find a way to profit off of it. And I want my money exposed to that rather than being in fiat currency, like, uh, like the dollar, which is going to be so sensitive if something terrible does happen. Right. I want my money in something sturdy like a company or something independent from the financial events of the world like a pokemon card i don't want it just sitting in paper right just kind of evaporating losing water or losing value um i said water because it's like pouring water in a cup like you never notice it evaporating but we all know it's losing how much water we can consume from it because it's going into the air same yep. thing with uh, money and and inflation so I think my mom is my biggest like uh, advocate, but also my biggest like, hey, I'm a normal person. My mom's very normal, <laughs> very normal. And she's like, hey, I don't know what you're doing right now. This, this is not a normal thing to do. I'm like, all right. The biggest shock that she ever had was when I put um, $23,300 into a single Pokemon card. That's when it was a tough conversation to have. And I was more afraid of telling her about it um than me actually putting the money into it like putting oh, the money into it, I was like <laughs> okay but telling my mom that I put like 23,000 into a single card like I knew that that was going to be a tough conversation to have uh, but uh you know it went well it, it just it, she definitely had a tough time accepting it but she understood why I was doing it. And with my frugal habits, I'm like, look, this is probably just half of the money that a typical American would have spent in the last five years not being frugal. Hmm. That's, so, a, yeah. that's an interesting way to put it. And, and speaking of frugal, another thing you preach on, which I wish I had done, um, but I didn't due to the societal norms at which I, in which I lived in, um, was going to community college first. Um, I know right. that's, you, you preach that and, and something that, I would say you are proud of, um, which is right. so different from society, right? Like your, your bio says BCBA, UCLA 2015. It's not just UCLA. Like you are so proud and, and the, the cost savings is there. Like how yeah. did that look in terms of like your, your, your friends and, and those around you? Right. I always talk about like community college because um, I got in there by accident. I just happened to not, I got, I got rejected from every single UC that I applied to. And I was like, oh man, what are my options? Community college. And then I realized, hold on, didn't I just save $30,000 at minimum with all these rejections? I'm like, why don't people do this on purpose? My mom was going to force me to go to a UC just so she could talk to her friends and say how proud she is. She's going to be proud of me no matter what, right? So, um, when I have kids, knock on wood, hopefully that happens. Um, 
I'm definitely going to go the most frugal way possible because my experience at community college, I didn't meet other 20 year olds. I met people who were at all walks of life. I, I was there at night. So people who were already part of the workforce, they were there and they were able to give me their life advice. And it's like, it was, it was really, really beautiful. Some people were in there just for the fun of it. Some people were catching up. They had like drug addictions and they beat it. Like you're not going to find an 18 year old at UCLA who's been through that with high likelihood. But at community college, so mm. many different stories, uh, people starting at different points. I had 60 year olds in my class, 40 year olds in my class. And I had a couple people even younger than they're supposed to be supposedly. But you could <laughs> join community college when you're 14. My first community college class was actually at age uh, 14. I took a Russian uh, class and that helped me a whole lot. Uh, so for people like for kids or whoever is listening in or parents, like you, instead of having, especially the financially savvy parents, instead of forcing your kids to go to find job or, or encouraging them to work over summer, if they're going to go to college, consider them going to a community college during summers and taking a class or two. So then they're a year or a year and a half ahead by the time they start their uh, university, if they choose to go to university. So you're saving time, which is more precious than money. And you're saving a whole bunch of fees if you do want them to go to a university. That's, that's some great stuff there. I mean, that's something that I want to take away um, for my future kids, knock on wood as well, right? Is like, at, at what expense is the fun, so to speak? Um, like yeah. the biggest return on your investment and something that you, that you talk about so much is like, you can invest all you want in the stock market, but then after you graduate, you're going to have 60K more in debt to deal with, um, depending on, on what state you live in, where, where you're going to school and things like that. Yeah. And, and interest, right? Like can't forget about that. Time. Oh yeah. Like it's just growing and growing and growing. And we had like presidents, like people like Barack Obama was still paying off his student loans during his presidency. Like that is like, if that's not telling, like if that's not symbolic of like the problem of student loans and I'm not saying like um, you could, we could fix it all on our own, but it's like, look, we're in a system where people are walking out at age 20 something with uh, tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of student loans. And I'm like, if you go to a community college, college, you could cut that by half. Like, just do it. For sure. What are some frugal steps, Georgie, that, that, that you take um, as an everyday person in your 20s yeah. um, that, that the average person would not do? Uh, I think I'm frugal by nature. And what that means is... Um, I only buy stuff that brings me true happiness for, for quite some time. Now that's not always hard to measure. And sometimes like you don't do that. Um, but like, I don't really go out to eat by myself. Like I don't like, if I'm at work, I'm not going to spend like $14 walking across the street and getting like pizza or a sandwich or something like that. All my lunches are from home. My mom helps by the way. Uh, so I got to mention that shout out to my mom. Um, and that, that's another thing, right? People are like, wait, 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 why are you talking about your mom? Keep that a secret, man. You got people on Instagram following me. You can't tell me live with your mom. Like what? No, everyone should live with their mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, if you want to save money and you have a good, healthy relationship with your parent, uh, like, well, not every relationship with parent is good and healthy, but if you have like that core there, like go as long as you can and have that conversation with, with your parents. That's what my mom and I did. And I think that was the most frugal move I made because I have not paid rent because she, as a first generation immigrant and me too, I came with her as a baby. We saw the power of the stock market and she's like, forget 
my friend's opinions like that that's her thinking like they can make fun of like our relationship all they want but at the end of the day you have times uh 3.5 your current annual salary invested no one at your age has that type of money with the the small amount of work that you did all because of this frugal move that we made where we're sharing um a living situation and that's not always going to be the case but uh, right now there, there's no urgency. Like I'm not in a race with anyone. Like I'm comfortable. She's comfortable. Um, but I do have money saved up to move out if, you know, that moment occurs. Uh, but I would say that's the most frugal move that I have ever made choosing to continue to live at home and saving everything that would be rent and considering it privilege money and just investing it into the stock market because it would have went to some Joe or Sally who's a landlord, right? So Instead of giving it to the landlord, I'm giving it to the future. Yep, for sure. I know the answer to this, Georgie. Um, yeah. For those listening, if you met a stranger, what is one thing you would tell them about personal finance? Ooh, ooh, ooh. So you know what? My answer to this actually changes frequently because my main goal is to get as many people as possible investing. That That's my number one goal. Uh, but I, I think... I think like it really depends on the person that you meet because you want to tailor the message to their story and to where they come from. And some people like they have a buttload of debt and they haven't looked at it. So I probably wouldn't bring up stocks to them. I would bring up values to them. And I'm like, are you really happy? Like buying these shirts and jeans that you're going to wear like twice and forget about, like, do they bring value to your life or are you just kind of on a treadmill? Right. And like, uh, my main mission is to help people be aware of their own personal power, which is usually forgotten because we always talk about like the billionaires. We talk about the governments. We talk about the Illuminati. Uh, we, we talk about the, the people who have like obvious power in the world. But I'm like, yo, you have power and you need to recognize it because so many of my friends, like I just sit down and I go through their expenses and I'm like, oh my gosh, guys. In 13 years, you have a million dollars and you don't have to change your lifestyle. All you have to do is invest. The same mm. amount that you're saving, you just invest it. And you guys are guaranteed or with high probability millionaires. So I tailor my message to everyone, honestly. Like there is no universal answer to this. And that's why sometimes people get upset on Instagram because sometimes I say I make a post where it's like, okay, invest $500 a month and then blah, blah, blah. People are like, who has $500 a month? Well, the people who like the post. But then I make another one where it's like, okay, invest $67 a month. And then people are like 67, like what will that ever give you? So like you got to tailor the message and if it's an individual stranger, I'm going to make sure I know a little bit about their life and, and listen for quite some time before I open my mouth about stocks or investing. I love that. And, and that's what, and that's what sets you apart. You're, you're always on, again, I always talk about it, but you're, you're always on live and there to listen, there to take Q and A's. Um, you answer every question that's thrown at you. And even if you don't have an answer by the end of the live stream, you, you find the answer. And, and it, I understand it's a personal opinion and, and people continue to watch. And I will tell you, I am a constant watcher of your live streams. I have the, don't worry, I have that bell on on the top right for those following on the Instagram page. Um, Georgie does post about making sure that you have the bell. He does have an Instagram reel if you don't know how to do so. Yeah. Yeah, make, make sure that bell is on because that's how you get the latest updates. Sometimes I post like time sensitive topics like, hey, this is a 
credit card that's giving away $200. So anyone who has a 750 credit score or higher, you're like a few minutes away from an extra 200 bucks for very little work. So I like to look for those. For some reason, Instagram doesn't really like those types of posts because I guess you're like kind of swaying people away from the app. But I don't know. I, I think that's good value there. So I got, I got in trouble for those types of posts. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Georgie, uh, thank you again. I really appreciate you taking time out of your evening to talk to us. And, and for those listening again, you can find Georgie at Financialism uh, linked in the Instagram show notes. Have a great rest of your evening, Georgie. Peace out. Thank you again for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to follow today's guest, the link is in the show notes. If you haven't already, it'd be greatly appreciated if you can follow the podcast on the platform that you're listening on. Just a reminder that personal finance is personal, and it's not like the average jolt.